And here we go, another podcast here, episode five of Cherokee Rewind. Appreciate you hanging out with us. My name is Mick Gonzalez. I'm so glad you join us. Today's edition is, of course, uh, another Cherokee alumni. This guy, uh, originally from the great state of Colorado, now uh, got his uh, stakes in Oklahoma. And guy yep, who, that's right. that's right. And then, of course, I'm trying to remember. I never, I don't try to at, find out too much ahead of time. You know, I, te- I like to test my memory. And by the way, Paul Guthrie is the guy that we're talking about now. Do you go by Paul these days or a PG or what do you go by? I just go by Paul these days. Very good. Okay. Paul it is, my friend. Well, first of all, welcome here to Cherokee Rewind. Glad to have you. Hey, pleasure's all mine, buddy. Hey, listen, if I remember, I can't, I'm trying to remember, you wore, was it 20 or 21? I was number 21. Okay, I had, I couldn't remember, but I knew it was one or the other and stuff, so, like, hey, not bad for almost 20 years ago, so. Yeah, yeah, not bad at all. Not yeah, bad at all. I, I, and, because I purposely don't try to pull up stats or anything on the internet, because it may, it kind of takes away from the, from the fun of trying to remember. Because you remember things and some of the crazy crap we did and everything and whatnot, and you just try to remember the best that you can uh, that way, and it makes it more it makes it more fun to me, you know, just trying to remember. And even if I get it wrong, I know you'll get you'll remind me, or someone out there will remind me and say, "Hey, you moron, you got it wrong." So you know. I'm glad you can't access my stats. <laughs> oh come on now, they weren't that bad. Okay. I mean, I don't. I, I, I hit the post a lot. I think. <laughs> oh man. Well, let's put it this way. Okay, so you're not going to be a first ballot CSHL Hall of Famer. Well, neither am I. At least you played. I didn't. <laughs> okay, at least you played. So don't even give me that noise. But Paul, let me ask you something, man. You came. You came on the scene with Toledo. In 1999, the 99-2000 season. Tell me about where you played before that and what got you into the Glass City in a Cherokee uniform. Uh, Well, I first heard about the Cherokee from uh, a guy that was, he's a year or two older than me, Andy Thiessen. He played on the national championship team. Yep. And he's from my hometown, um, so I, I knew that he had gone and played for Toledo, and they had had a lot of success, and so, um, you know, when I got the opportunity, when Scott Searing approached me um, about coming to Toledo, it was, it was a no-brainer, because I knew Andy, and, you know, he told me about, you know, what the program was like, so, yeah, I signed up right away, and I got there, and uh, and Todd Omi was the coach, and, um, I mean, it was, it was great. So, you know, um, prior to that, did you spend most of your time playing in Colorado, uh, your amateur hockey? Yeah, yeah, I played all of my amateur hockey from mites through midgets in Colorado. Okay, and then uh, now, coming to Toledo, what what were your expectations? Like, what did you think your role would be with this team? Um, honestly, I, I really had no idea. Um, I... Uh, you know, obviously I wanted to be like, you know, like a superstar goal scorer, but like everybody, but, uh, um, you know, I, I ended up kind of being like a utility player. I played forward and I played D. Um, so, you know, that kept me in the lineup and, uh, you know, I, I just kind of, my, my game got a lot, lot better. Um, I learned how to be a better team player. Uh, I learned how to, you know, rely on my teammates because growing up in Colorado you were 
kind of, you know, you were kind of forced to kind of carry the load because um, the talent was pretty spread around. So there weren't a lot of really, you know, there weren't a lot of really stacked teams. Um, so coming to Toledo, I was with guys who were really good, so I could count on my teammates. That was pretty cool. So I had to learn how to play with them. And, uh, you know, really just, you know, uh, the job that uh, Todd Omi and uh, Mike Witten and Kurt Ludwig did developing uh, guys um, from my era, you know, it was just outstanding. Man, oh man, that's that's bringing some names back. Uh, Luddy and and Wit. Oh my gosh, that's that's too funny. I gotta. Uh, you just remind me of some things that, well, I can't talk about on air. But <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> but uh, it's uh, yeah. Witten uh, had some pretty legendary locker room speeches that I can't repeat. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's uh, that is funny. I mean, the thing is, is that yeah, he was always the uh, he always he always had that like uh, he was you knew he was intense, but he also had that kind of like that straight face sardonic sense of humor that it was kind of a, a almost like a dry wit. No pun intended, but uh, you know, I mean, the, the I I loved uh, having him for interviews. I mean, he was actually pretty good on the microphone, but nobody, nobody, nobody in the coaching staff history of the Toledo Cherokee could fill an intermission like Kirk Ludwig. All I had to do, I Luddy, all I had to do was go. So Luddy, an interesting period, and mind you, you had fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes of uh, uh, to kill in, a, in an intermission while the Zamboni driver resurfaced the ice. Luddy could easily go seventeen minutes without breaking a sweat, and I had to remind him that the teams are back out on the ice. So, <laughs> you know, st- you know, stuff like that. He was he was a riot. He could tell. He could talk about anything and do it at the drop of a hat. And a lot of the times, he dropped the hat himself. Uh, but. Yep, I, 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 I still, he's still, uh, you know, he's just still, he's still a great guy. So, you know, I can't say enough good about him. But uh, now, when you came to Toledo, who, who did you originally? You said you, you started up front. Who did you originally? Uh, were you, do, did you play with as line mates? Uh, I was on a line with. Uh, I think in the very beginning, I was on a line with Larry Bryan and, and Farron Shotlos. Wow. And the very first game was like an exhibition game up in like Windsor or something. And Ferris just looked at me in the locker room and he goes, don't embarrass me. <laughs> <laughs> Made you feel warm and embraced and part of the team right away, didn't it? Oh, yeah, it was great. It was great. I think those were my first. I think Larry or Ferris was the center and, and me and Larry were playing wing. Mm-hmm. Maybe. And then now, yeah. I mean, uh, how long was it till you uh, started playing games at D? Uh, probably about halfway through the season, and then my second year, I mostly played. I probably played more games at D than I did at forward. Now, who was your who was your D partner first year, and then second year? Uh, I played D with um, Davidson a lot. Me and Davey. Mm-hmm. He, first year, he he saved my bacon quite a bit. Um, and then second year, I played with uh, um, Doug. Doug, what was his name? Doug. Oh, he's from Finley, wasn't he? Finley, yeah, Ohio? Yeah, he's from Finley. Oh, uh, Doug. Oh, my God, this is going to drive me nuts now. 
because him and him and Jordan Levy played uh, from came from Finley. I'm just thinking names here. I'm rolling them. I know who you're yeah, talking yeah, about. Dougie, Dougie Fresh. I can't think of his name. Uh, I can't remember his last name. will come to me. It will. And I'm sure someone will let me know, but you know that's the beauty of this being on 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 record is that they will they will let me know after after we uh, post it and it airs. But um, um, so playing, I mean, now if you had your druthers back then, would you have preferred to have played defense full time or up front full time? Uh, I like playing forward more. I was just more comfortable. Um, you know, it really just came down to staying in the lineup. So, you know, when Omi approached me and was like, do you want to play D? You know, I wasn't going to tell him no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably a good idea. Good idea. Yeah. You know. But uh, now, as far as um, what, kind, what kind of a player were you as far as on D? And I guess up front, too, were you more of a physical player or were you more, uh, I guess, finesse for a lack of a better term, uh, just more of a, uh, you know, try to, uh, angle your guys into the corners opposed to running them through the boards? Uh, no, I mean, I was more, I, I, I played more of an aggressive style, you know, crashing and banging and, uh, you know, tried to fight a little bit, wasn't very good at it. Definitely got punched in the face a lot. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I tried to play a more physical game, you know, a bigger bigger guy, so um, tried to get, you know, pucked to the front of the net and, and do all those kind of things and definitely tried to be responsible in the defensive end, you know, blocking shots and, and chipping it out. And, um, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it was, you know, it was the early, you know, it was early 2000s, late 90s. Being a finesse player really wasn't an option. Yeah. Especially not in the central, not in the central league. Like, I mean. Well, there were some big trees in there back then, so you had to play yeah. aggressive. Um, now, who who was, uh, for you, not, not for the team, but for you, who was your biggest, I guess, arch rival, or who was the the team you you couldn't stand the most? Uh, Columbus and Grand Rapids. They were they were tied. Really? And Metro. I didn't like Metro either. Well, I didn't expect you to like anybody, but <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, I mean, as far as like you, re- it really they really got your dander up. It was it was those guys, huh? Yeah. Or I mean, and St. Louis. Those were always real intense games when we. Go out to St. Louis, or they'd come up to Tamo and play us. Man, I I was gonna say I remember now. Did you play against the Stastnys back then? Uh, I can't remember. I remember they had a real tough dude named uh, McNabb or something. Yeah, I know they had a couple of really tough guys out there. Um, yeah. But uh, now I'm trying to remember because I think I think I think I was older. I was older than. Maybe. Because I know they played in ninety eight, ninety nine, and I think Jan played in ninety nine, two thousand. I think I want to say maybe because I, I might have played. I might have played against him. I, I don't know. Because um, I know he played, and so and of course, obviously, uh, Paul Stastny played back then, and he played. Uh, he played in St. Louis before he went on up and moved his way up. Jan had a better career in in the CSHL, but. Uh, put up better numbers, but Paul Stastny, of course, obviously, uh, still plying his time in Vegas. Uh, So, you know, so good for him. But I'm just saying as far as uh, that was back in the day, if I remember, uh, uh, Jack Behan, the coach of the Junior Blues at the time, I mean, in a decade, I think he, in a decade, ran off something like six 
out of 10 national championships. So, oh, wow. yeah, so, yeah, pretty doggone good. Uh, now, here's here's a question. Uh, Ned, when you talk about Grand Rapids, uh, when what kind of a team did they have when you played them? I'm trying to put the years together. Uh, we were we we're very similar. We were very similar. That's why I think the games were so intense. Um, you know, we had some skill guys, and we also had some you know some grinders. And uh, it was just always tough when we went up there. Uh, you know, they packed their rink, and, and it was loud. And, uh, it was fun. You know, you get booed during the whole warm up period. It was great. Those, uh, <laughs> you know, because uh, uh, I'm trying to remember some of the guys from that team because a couple of them ended up coming here, uh, like later in uh yeah. you know and stuff and i'm just trying to remember because uh, grand rapids I, I mean i loved going there i loved their rink and like i'm like you i love the crowd in there they boo you and they were really into it and stuff yeah, and it uh, yeah it was a lot of fun back then and then of course you know the thing is too is that uh mike flanagan who was their coach at the time that guy he was i i half expected him to come across on to our bench and start a fight i mean that's that's how intense he was but that but a great guy i mean him and jeff lang they were the coach they were the coach and assistant coach back then and i am not kidding we would stay up till three four in the morning at the hotel telling stories and laughing ourselves silly i mean we would we would be just just cracking up because lang is like one of the best storytellers of all time, hands him and Jack Behan both out of St. Louis, but they are the best storytellers. But uh, they were a blast to play against. I mean, like I said, though, seriously, on the ice during a game, they would be so intense, and especially Flags, he would get so mad and intense and angry. You, I just expected his head to explode, and that was against against guys that uh, you know in the coaching staff that he genuinely liked. I can only imagine if it was against somebody he couldn't stand. You know, that's oh, yeah, how it was. But that's what makes hockey great. You know? Yeah, I, um, one guy from Grand Rapids, I went to Fredonia State my freshman year after <laughs> my second year in Toledo. And one of my roommates was a guy from Grand Rapids named Kevin Morse. Oh, yeah. Okay. I remember yeah. that name. Yes, I sure do. Um, now, that when. Was, that, was, that was an awkward scene when we, were, when we walked in the dorm and saw each other for the first time. Wow. That, because neither of us had any idea the other one was going to Fredonia. So, like, we, we showed up, and I'm like, oh, it's you again. <laughs> <laughs> so did you guys ever become friends? Oh, yeah, we, we, were, we were great buddies. We're still great buddies. It's, uh, it, it's, it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. That, yeah, we put all that behind us pretty quick. That's good. But, uh, you know, Paul, the other thing, too, I was trying to remember. Um, now, when you played, um, I was going to say, who um, – who were some of the players that you really got had a blast? I mean, you mentioned Ferentz Satlos. Of course, he's now uh, living in Iowa and is a happy camper out there and stuff. Uh, who are some of the other guys that you played with that you remember that you still keep in touch with? Oh, I mean, um, like well, Jordan Levy, uh, Rico Day, Nick Basarab, Brad Kroak, uh, Nick Dillonow, uh, Zach Hernandez. Uh, Rich Bertman, uh, man, Ian Soldano. Who was the Who was your goalies back then? Uh, Chris Elliott, and then there was kind of a rotating. It was Chris Elliott was our starter, and like Ricky Sisson backed him up, and we had a few other backups, Chris and Kavich, and a few other guys. Wow. Andy Reynolds. Well, Andy Reynolds split time with with uh, 
with Chris only my second year. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I remember, I remember, because, well, Labby only played, I know Labianca only played one year, and that was 98-99, and I think he played, Andy was with us then. I know yeah. Chris, I know Chris came on, Chris came on uh, the following year, and Elliot was, uh, he was a fantastic goaltender and stuff. So was Andy, for that matter. Yeah, they were both really good, you know, no question about it and stuff. But um, now, because uh, there was a, now you didn't go to, you went to Fredonia your whole time in college, correct? No, I went to Fredonia my freshman year. Me and, uh, me and Levy and Holtz and Elliot went to Fredonia. We all got recruited and went there. Um, and we showed up and there were like 35 guys on the team. <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Levy transferred to Ohio and Holtz transferred to Arizona. And I think Chris had just had, he, he had just had enough. And he, you know, he was kind of just wanted to get on with college and, and get past hockey. Um, so I, mean, I came back for myself um, at training, training camp. So I was kind of just floating there in Fredonia, not really knowing <laughs> where I was going to go or anything. And uh, I got in touch with Levy because um, him and Bass and Rico and Billy and Crow and Z were all down at Ohio. So um, I went down there to visit, and the coach remembered me from from juniors, and so I transferred down there, and uh, and we had we had some great teams at Ohio uh, with a lot of Cherokee guys. I, you know, the the o two o three team we made it to the national final and lost, and then the o three o four team we made it to the final again and we won. Uh, so. I don't know if I don't know if Omi if Omi hypes that up, but he should because you know yeah. there's probably. Half a dozen guys from the 99, 2000, 2001 teams that, you know, won a national championship. You know, it, now the thing is, is if I remember, was it that year, that last year, with you there, was it that where they had like also a boatload of guys that played up at Eastern? Yeah, I mean, uh, Nate Arthurs went to Eastern and uh, Jefferson ended up at Eastern and ultimately to Ohio. Uh, uh, Soldano was out at Weber State. Meehan and Holtz were out in Arizona. Then uh, uh, was uh, did did you play with Dan Mays? Yeah, Dan Bobby Mays. Mays. Yeah, he went to Eastern, yeah, he, I think. He was up in Eastern. Uh, Josh Granham was out at Mankato State, and then he ended up at Ohio. He was on our national championship team. Holy cow! Yep. Man, well, Todd Blaskowitz was on our national. Blasco, yep, I remember him. Yep. Now, did you play with? Uh, I'm trying to remember a defenseman, uh, Tony Pomponio. Was that uh, you? No. No. Okay, that must have been '98, '99. That wasn't my time. Okay, that that had that had to have been a year after you. And uh, yeah. it, so I'm just trying to, like I say, all these names run together. So I'm trying to remember them as I go. But now, as far as um, being out there, like I said, originally you started in Colorado playing and stuff. Who are your, uh, the guys you looked up to? Now, obviously you were probably an avalanche fan, but who were the guys that you looked up to player wise in the NHL? Um, well, I, you know, we didn't have a, we didn't have an NHL team until I was, you know, in high school. So, mm-hmm. um, like as a young kid coming up, you know, obviously, you know, I was a Gretzky and a fan, but I was also a huge Mike Bossy fan, uh, Cam Neely, um, uh, who else? Um, Steve Eiserman, 
there were a lot of different players. Chris Chelios, because, you know, there wasn't a team in Colorado, so I kind of followed everybody as much as I could, you know, back then. I mean, one, but once they came, did you become an uh, Avalanche fan? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Die, die hard. I mean, if I could send Eric Lindros a Christmas card every year, I would. <laughs> oh, man. That's that's good. That's good. But, uh, <laughs> now. Got a ton uh, of picks. Yeah. You basically got a Stanley Cup contending team in exchange for 88. So yeah. not all bad. No, I, was, I, was, I was a huge, I was a huge uh, Avalanche fan. I really loved Peter Forsberg's game. Uh, he was probably the one I tried to, tried to emulate the most. Uh, definitely didn't have anywhere near his skill. But I, I loved the intensity he played with. And it's all right. You could still hit the post with the best of them, right? Hey. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, now you know you look you look back now at stuff. What uh, what do you think you accomplished? Uh, I mean, obviously, winning a national championship in college is the biggest thing. But I mean, talking about in Toledo and stuff, what was the thing uh, you you feel like you could hang your hat on and you felt pretty good about? I think just the, the like the level of teams we had. I mean, we won, we won a ton of games. Um, I think my the 2000-2001 team, we might have started the year when we won like 17 or 18 games in a row or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it, it was just, a, you know, you know, Omi really did a great job of, of instilling a winning culture and teaching you how to be a winner. I mean, that was the, that was the thing that I got, like, I took from my time in Toledo the most, was just learning how to be a winner, learning how to win big games. You know, now it, it, I was going to say. Now, did you play in when the team moved to Monroe? I'm trying to remember, or was that after? Uh, it was. It, it was. It was in the early 2000s, so it may have been after you. Yeah, we played at Tamo. We practiced up in Monroe a little bit, but we played all our games at Tamo. Okay, because I remember we moved to Tam- to Monroe for like I think two seasons, and it may have been 2001, 2002 that we moved and went up there. Um, but uh, I'm just trying to remember, but I think that may have been it. But they, I know that they, because they never had a, a time for us, schedule time. We always played most of our home games in September and October. And and then we would go the latter part of the season. We had very few home games. And we would always end up uh, having to be on the road for most of the second half of the season. So the uh, so the chance to be able to play a balanced schedule uh, up in Monroe is the reason they moved it up there, and then after that they completed the ice house here in Toledo, the old ice house, and renovated it and uh, fixed it up really good, and uh, now it's it's been home now since uh, well 2003 or four something like that, and uh, we've been there ever since. But uh, now. When you came here, who did you did you bill it with anyone in particular? In other words, meaning other teammate, another teammate, or were you was your billet family you just by yourself? Uh, my first year, I was just by myself. I lived with a family up in Adrian, Michigan, and then my second year, I lived with Paul Bose and his family down in Toledo. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. so uh, so uh, you got to hang out with Troy and all those guys. Is that it? Uh, or, oh, no, 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 wait, wait, wrong Bose. Troy Bose is B-O-Z-E. Paul Bose is B-O-E-S, right? Yep. 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 I, I get my, getting, like I said, I get my names mixed up sometimes. 
That's what happens when you get old, Paul. Let me remind you. <clears throat> but uh, you, you, uh, you got a ways to go yet till you get old age. But, yeah, trust me, when you get to that, t- that age where your family talks about you in front of you, that's when you know you're old. <laughs> You got you've got some time, my friend. You've got some time. Now, um, what uh, what do you remember as far as some of the craziness? Like when you were when you guys were on the road, uh, what were some of the crazy, goofy things you guys used to do? Some of the uh, pranks or anything like that. Who 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 was really good at that? Uh, I mean, like Granum and Granum and Kolak were like the the pranksters. They, they were always they were always pulling stuff. Yeah, they'd get you with the leaner at the hotel room. Oh, of course. You know, or the the clear tape on your skate blades. <laughs> clear tape especially, on the skate. Yeah, especially if you were like going to be in the starting lineup or something, you definitely had to check your skate blades because someone was going to try to try to get you. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. <laughs> now, uh, but did you ever did you ever try to pull a prank or two? Uh, you know, I tried, but you know. It, we all knew each other so well, especially by the second year that it was tough because you spend all your time together because, you know, you don't really know anybody else. So yeah. <laughs> we're pretty much stuck together. It makes um, sense. Now, I'm trying to remember, like I said, I'm trying to remember all of this stuff here. Um, what was the uh, arena you really didn't like playing in? Um, I didn't like going to Flint, and I didn't like going down to Cincinnati. Probably Cincinnati the most. Okay, now I don't, rem- I can't remember the year they switched from Northlands to. Uh, it basically was a skating uh, roller rink that had a couple sheets of ice in it. Um, uh, it's called uh, Ice Plex Plus or something like that. Skate Plus, I think it was called. Anyway, I, th- I think we played at Northland, and it was kind of a dump. It was no, no kind of. <laughs> It was an app. Was it because did you play there when they had the, for a locker room? They took a, a clothes str- uh, string and st- uh, laundry string and strung it across uh, in the corner of the of the rink and put bed sheets over it, and you had to dress yeah. and everything behind it. Yeah, yeah. And then we had, we had, we had showered in like a makeshift locker room, but there was no hot water. It was yeah, it was fun, good times. <laughs> oh, it toughened you up though. Get it that way. Yeah, I remember there was a, uh, I got, I got, like, checked into the, into the glass, and there was, like, a screw sticking out of the, uh, the, the stanchion, I guess, to hold the glass in. Oh, man. And it, it ripped a huge hole in my, in my away jersey sleeve. <laughs> oh, man. That is, that is awful. That is, I just remember they, I had to do play-by-play there in a, in a, uh, on a picnic bench at rinkside. I would sit there at, at ringside, and I'd have to sit on a picnic bench. With uh, I'm surprised they had a picnic bench for you. Well, I'm just wondering what the heck it was a picnic bench doing in a ho- hockey arena. That's what I want to know. But, you know, I mean, hey, the show must go on. But uh, yeah. now, did you play that? Were the Fort, any of the Fort Wayne kids uh, on your team when you were there? Oh yeah, because if didn't did were you there when he got into his one and only fight in Cincinnati? Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe I don't know. I can't remember. He 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 ended up on his knees and he was like at the mercy of the guy. He knew he was going to get pummeled, and the guy took a swing at him and stopped because he knew he was going to kill him. And 
because Patsy Patsy could was uh, is was great the best hands I've ever seen and fantastic around the net. Yes, and he was a great guy, but uh, a pugilist? No, he was not. And uh, so you know, it's like he felt like so much. He felt so awful on the bus ride home. And I remember looking at him, going, "Hey," I said, "At least you had the guts to step up and drop the gloves." nobody else did and so i tried to i basically was lying through my teeth to make him feel better and stuff but uh he was you know he was like you know uh yeah okay so but he yeah it was one and only fight he could have been arrested for impersonating a pinata i mean it was it was not good it was awful but uh, he, uh, I remember because he was in the corner and he was he, the guy. He, the guy challenged him, and he or he challenged the guy, I think. And it was kind of like they were both kind of hesitant at first. And and, and Fatsy was like, you know, I'm like thinking to myself, please God, don't let him fight. He'll die. And, you know, because I was ex- I was expecting them to have to call nine one one or something. You know, I mean, it was not going to be pretty. I mean, because P- Patsy's a tall guy. You know, so you would think, okay, he's a tall guy. He's got a shot. But and no, Patsy just he his frame did not support him. He was beautiful on his skates around the net. Fantastic hands, the whole nine yards. But. Not when it came to playing a physical, aggressive game. He just, he yeah, couldn't. I mean, he, was, he was 150 pounds soaking wet. At best. That's being generous. That's with his skates on. Gosh. That, that dude, he, yeah, he was a wafer. He was a wafer. He was very thin. But, uh, yeah, he. Oh yeah, he was. I mean, I. I mean, I. I can remember him being around the net, and it's like, how do they not hit him? And he was so evasive. He could get. I mean, he could get out of a phone booth uh, with oh, yeah. a bunch of guys in there without being touched. And he was just that good and stuff. So you know, he ended up. I know he played parts of. I think one or two seasons with the Comets. Uh, stuff like that. So, and right now I know he's back in Fort Wayne. He's married and uh, family, the whole nine yards, doing great. So, um, but, uh, oh my gosh, yeah, that, that cracks me up thinking about that. That, yeah, he was not a, he was, he, he was not a Dave, the Hammer Schultz or a Darren McCarty or Proby for that matter. Uh, but, Oh well, yeah. Well, Darlis was. I don't know if Darlis was on the ice that at that point. Oh well, I mean, he definitely. I I remember Pete leaving the bench a few times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, that's true. He didn't let that stop him. <laughs> he did not let that stop him. But uh, yeah, we. Uh, I, mean, I can remember he tell he tell guys like like guys that didn't fight very much like Jepson and dudes like that. He'd be like, hey, hey, if it starts going down. Come near the bench so you can get off and I can jump on. <laughs> That's that was Dotus, no question. Good night. That that was him. But uh, you know, it's funny, you know, you but I think if I I don't know, I'll have to get Patsy on here on one of these and ask him for the full story. But uh, you know, I think it was just a question of they they were kind of goosing him to try and t- t- do a scrap into a scrap because he hadn't done one before and stuff. He never fought. So I think oh, they no. were yeah, I think they were trying to goad him into one and stuff. And so he ended up, uh, well, it, it did not go well. Let's just put it that way. We'll leave it at that. Because I love Potsy. He is a wonderful human being. And I he, he always puts a smile on my face and stuff. But, um, you know, look at. I have a great Potsy story. Like, I'll, this is one of the things I'll never forget about Potsy. Go for it. It is one of the, one of the probably one of the, like, the most badass things I've ever seen anybody do. 
So Elliot gets hurt, mm-hmm. and Reynolds comes in the game. And I remember this. And Potsy, Potsy sacked up and played goalie, and I think we got a tie. And, like, we got a point, so we, like, were able to, you know, hang on to our position for the playoffs. But, yeah, Potsy, uh, <laughs> I don't know many guys that have the, have the stones to just go, yeah, I'll put on the gear in, in place so we don't have to forfeit. Yep. So we don't have to play, you know, it was empty net. So, that was that was incredible. That that real you're yeah. right. That showed to me that showed his moxie and it showed his leadership because I mean, yeah, the guy I remember the guy that ran Andy Reynolds uh when he, the guy that ran Andy cuz Elliot was hurt and we only had one goalie and and Potsy offered to play and or put on the pads as a backup, not thinking none of us thinking he would be in the game or have to go in the yeah. game. And the kid, yeah. I can't remember his name, he wore number 17. That's all I remember. He purposely ran uh Reynolds and took him off uh took him uh took him down took him down and he submarined him. And yeah. and uh and Andy he messed up Andy's knee and uh ended up uh Andy had to go. So Potsy had to go in there and I'm thinking, "Oh boy, here we go." But I tell you what, the team really rallied around him. They really did. And I was really I'll never forget that cuz I think that was at Metro. We were playing the Metro Jets. Yeah. So, yeah, and that that was, that was one of those super intense games and uh yeah, he really stepped up. I mean, that fueled my hatred for the Metro Jets back then. And I I mean, I hated everybody on that team. The kid that the kid that did it, the uh, coaching staff, the owners, and stuff. But I mean, since then, I've I've you know gotten to respect the. They're now former owners, but uh, they 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 apologized and stuff, so everything was cool. But I mean, it was it was a blatant run, and the officials didn't call it, and so they just put him in a penalty box. I think for for two. I can't remember. Yeah, I think back then. I mean, they didn't they didn't call much anything back then. Well, true. Yeah, nowadays you sneeze and they'll call you. But uh, they, you know, it's just that I I just remember that so vividly because Reynolds was I I mean man I just was I had that my heart sunk when uh, when he went down you know and and Potts you and Reynolds was a tough dude so when he's like when he when he said he wasn't able to go like we knew he was hurt I mean yep and then. uh, and then of course Potsy goes in there, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this guy—he's not going to be able to stop a beach ball. But he made a few good saves. But I mean, the team really yeah. rallied around him and played really hard up front in front of him. Yeah, he made some saves, and I, yeah, I, I think we yeah we pulled out a tie or something and hung on to a point. And I mean, it was really it was big. I mean, it, it was huge. That's one of my that's one of my memories from Toledo that, that yeah I'll never forget is when. When Potsy played goalie, I don't think I would have had the, the stones to do that. Man. Yikes! So now let's uh, talk about let's talk a little bit here about Paul Guthrie uh, later after after uh, college. Okay, so you get to put get a ring with Ohio University. Uh, you've uh, you move on. Uh, where did uh, where did you go after after college? Where did you go to work and uh, live and all that good stuff? Uh, well, I moved out to Denver, you know, kind of right around 2006, 2007, and then uh, was kind of bouncing around trying to find a job. And then the, you know, there was the, the first economic crash, I guess, of my life that happened. Uh, oh, 2008. So I here, yeah, I mean, I, I was your ended up being your kind of your stereotypical person in their late twenties that moved back in with their parents. <laughs> so uh, that's how I ended up in Oklahoma. 
Wow. Okay. So now. I just kind of basically out of necessity because I, I couldn't find a job and uh, yeah. Well, I mean, but the thing is that you bounce back, correct? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's all that matters to me. I don't. I told the other guy. I've told everyone. I don't care what your business card says. All I know is that I just want to make sure that you're not in jail. You're safe. You're taking care of the people you love, and you're just. Uh, you're just working the grind day to day and you're doing okay. You know, that's all that matters to me. Now, do you still follow the game much? Oh yeah. I started coaching in 2007. Really? Yeah. Now where did you, what, at what level, what level of kids did you start? Oh, I've coached, uh, I've coached lights through midgets. I've, I've coached them all the age groups. Now are you still coaching or? Um, yeah, uh, yeah, um, well, we'll see. I don't know if there's going to be a season coming up. I hope, I sure hope there is, but, uh, uh last year I, uh, I helped out with a peewee team, um, uh, down here in Tulsa, so it was, it was good. Oh, okay. Well, that's awesome, man, because, see, that's the neat thing, is that this game has grown so much, Paul, that, you know, where before it was just a Midwest and Northeastern areas, you know, and then Minnesota, uh, you you seen those are the places that were hockey hotbeds, but now the game has grown so much that you see teams you know in programs, uh, you know amateur programs in places like Tulsa, OKC, uh, out in California or over in uh, you know Oregon, Washington, Florida, Texas, places like that that we didn't see back when you played as much. They weren't there as much. And now the game has grown so much that it's starting, you know, kids could be anywhere and there's a program for them to play if they want to and stuff. Oh, yeah, it's great. Now, yeah, we play, uh, the league we play in is actually based in Dallas. So, we, you know, there's, in the Metroplex down there, they probably got half a dozen programs. Wow. Now, do you have to do, you have to do a lot of road trips down there? Oh, uh, yeah, we play like half our games down there. So. Holy crap. Uh, you can only play Oklahoma City so many times. That's true. <laughs> in a year. Uh, and we play Kansas City. They're, they're not too far away. Um, Wichita. Okay. Uh, yeah. Just all that, yeah. all that, all the heartland there. Yeah. Now, um, now, how, how, now that you've got that, uh, the shoe is on the other foot, so to speak, with you being behind the bench as opposed to being a player. Um, do you appreciate what uh, the guys like uh, Omi and Witten and Luddy and all those guys what they would go through with you? Oh, absolutely! I, I would. I must have been. I must have been a nightmare, man. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, now. I don't think you're that uh, bad. I, I don't know. Like I, I think back on how. I mean, I was pretty selfish and self-centered and thought I was, you know, the king. You know, the king of the world back then. So. Uh, yeah, I'm sure there were some. I know there were some times with Omi where he he wanted to probably probably strangle me, but um, <laughs> oh. it, it, it it showed me that you know you, you got to be patient. You know you have to have patience with the kids, and uh, you know that that that's one of the that's one of the things I've I've learned the most. And you know, uh, hockey's always going to be hockey. You know, it's going to always be about effort and, and discipline and and yeah, I understand that. What now? Let me ask you. I know you said you didn't do it a lot, but do, I ask this of everybody: Do you remember your first goal? My first goal in juniors. Yes, I do. Well, I do. tell me. 
All right. It was a preseason game up in Windsor, and um, it was like a there was a shot on net, and I, I put the rebound in, I think. And I throw my hands up to celebrate, and a dude from Windsor, one dude rips my helmet off, and another dude punches me, and then it's just a line ball. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, yeah. apparently, like, so I'm I'm getting like beat up by two guys, and Brandon Meisner's getting like beat up by a guy, and I think Davidson was out there, and uh, yeah. Holy I remember smokes. sitting in the penalty box after it was over, thinking to myself, like, we have like 60 more of these to go. I'm, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That is that is funny. Now, I mean, did you... But that, you was my, that was my first goal in juniors, yeah. Man. Now, uh, when you when you did, you know, the of the bus rides, what can you tell me about... Uh, about riding the bus and some of the, I mean, because that's where the that's where friendships are solidified and the camaraderie and everything is put together is basically when you're riding the bus. Uh, what did you guys do to, to just kind of kill time when you had to make the bus trips? Uh, well, I mean, that was back before you know smartphones and, and stuff. So we played cards a lot. Um, you know, we were always playing spades and euchre, um, watching movies. Some guys even read books, if you can believe that. Yeah, I know. What a foreign concept. <laughs> yeah, so it was it was pretty low tech, but you know, I think we we were we were so close, and a lot of those friendships were made because we spent so much time, you know, playing cards and stuff and interacting with each other. So okay, that's what really kind of helped galvanize us as a as a team, I think. And you know, nothing wrong with that, uh, man. Uh-uh. Okay, well, as we wind this down. Um, where do you see yourself as far as coaching goes uh, here in the future? Do you want to uh, move up the chain, provided, of course, we, we come back? And I, I think we will. Um, but uh, do you see yourself coming back and wanting to move up and get more aggressively into coaching, uh, coaching more serious hockey? Uh, probably not. I'm, I'm pretty happy coaching, you know, just coaching youth hockey. Um, I like just being able to volunteer my time. I don't, I don't want it to be a job. Um, you know, once once they start paying you, uh, then they expect you know they expect you to win, and that's a lot of pressure, <laughs> a lot of pressure for kids, especially. So, um, yeah, I'm just kind of happy being you know just being a volunteer youth coach and and uh, and just kind of going that route and and passing the game on that way. Well, molding them anyway, so that when they make the jump to make, play at higher levels as they get older, they've got a solid foundation. That's the way you got to look at it, you know. Yeah, so. and I, you know, I'm I'm always, you know, a few of the guys I've coached uh, over the years have, have played have played juniors and some played in college, and you know, I've, I've always been cheering them on. It's, you know, I always hope they achieve way more than I ever ever did. So. Okay. Well, I'm going to ask you one more question here before we call it a, a, a night. Here, what was who was the person on the ice or in the locker room in hockey? Who was the one person that probably impacted you the most? And then, who was the person that impacted you away from the rink? Um, like in my Cherokee days, or just overall, like in my well, probably overall. I mean, obviously, Cherokee days. It's easy to say your coach, but I'm just saying overall in hockey. Uh, I mean, I mean, my biggest, you know, like inspiration hockey wise. Um, were, you know, some of the guys that, that were older than me that I, I was able to watch growing up. Uh, that, 
that played at higher levels. Um, a buddy of mine's older brother, I can't remember his first name, his last name was Weaver, but he played in the WHL. He played for the Tacoma Rockets back in the day. Wow. So that was pretty inspirational because it was like, wow, you know, a guy from, you know, a guy from Colorado can, you know, can do it. Can play major yeah. junior. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, like, yeah. So, um, it was, you know, and there was another dude from my area. His name was George Avery. He played some pro hockey. Um, so, it, it, you know, it, it was just real. That, that was real inspirational to me as a kid coming up. Um, and then, you know, as far as off the ice, uh, you know, really, um, my parents and then especially in like my later years as a player definitely my mom because she was a uh, she was a breast cancer survivor so you know she really showed me what it meant to be tough well uh, as someone who is also a breast cancer survivor yeah i can understand and empathize so well congratulations on that for you man that's awesome yeah it's it's no fun it's not easy but you know it is what it is so but you know paul um looking at it now uh you know now that you're you know moving on and stuff um do you hope to um eventually you know have a family of your own and teach your uh, kid your future kid the game at all or uh well i mean i'm pretty happy with my life i don't i don't really i probably don't see myself having any kids uh, i have a girlfriend we've been together for about three years now and, and i love her very much and uh, but uh, yeah as far as having children i don't i don't think that's in the cards for me but um I get a lot of joy out of the out of coaching kids, um, so you know, in a way, they're they're kind of like my my children. And I have I have two nieces uh, from my sister uh, who I I love very much. So so it, um, it allows you to still dote on on little ones and stuff. And oh yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and of course, it allows you to still act like a twelve year old. That's what you're saying. Yeah, I spoil I spoil my nieces, you know, Rodden. So hey, we all we all need that crazy uncle. Trust me, I, in in my family, I'm in I'm in that role. I'm the guy who didn't have kids, but I got my better half, who she adores me, and I adore her. And they all and the rest of my family look at me as the crazy uncle, and they all they all they all take the their hand and put it over their kid's face and push them back a little when I come through. So, <laughs> you know, so yeah, yeah, I'm I'm that guy. I'm that uncle. So yeah, I just I try I try not to be too much of a, an example of what not to do. But, you know. <laughs> I I've I've got my doctorate in that. Uh, but anyway, well, Paul, I tell you what, it was great to catch up with you again, man. It's been a long time. I remember doing an interview with you in the in a hotel room. I think we were in Grand Rapids or Flint, and we were up. I know we were up in Michigan somewhere, and we were doing. I did an interview with you and we had several of the players were sitting there listening to you and they were of course chirping in the background trying to uh break you and make you laugh and everything and you're over there trying to keep a stoic straight face and stuff trying to be cool and stuff and uh, <laughs> and that's I, rem- I that I remember that vividly so uh it was it was pretty I can't remember who the players were but uh, they were they were kind of chortling and laughing a little bit and kind of give you a hard time while you were trying to do the interview and stuff because I, I back then I taped them and then played them in the intermission and stuff. But uh, yeah, I bet, I bet Mickey Meehan and you know Donnie Holtz and all those guys were involved. They, yeah, they were quite the quite the goofs, but especially yeah. Meehan. Yeah, I can remember because he he billeted with uh, the Robertsons, Mike Mike and uh, Diana. Yeah. 
and so yeah. the general manager and his wife. So I can remember them telling me stories and stuff about him and whatever kind of a crazy goof he was and stuff. And so we always had a good smile and a laugh about that stuff. But, yeah, that's Mickey for you. He was always a good dude. So, well, hey, Paul, I appreciate you taking the time, buddy. I mean, I like I said, it was good to catch up with you, and I hope we can talk again sometime because it's always good to, you know, like I said, hockey is a tie that binds, and once you're TC, you're TC for life, you know? Yeah, Cherokee's forever, man. Amen to that. Well, Paul, I appreciate it, bud. And, uh, hey, the best of luck in your future with everything that you do. And uh, don't be a stranger, okay? Yeah, uh, thanks a lot. And, uh, hey, tell, tell me I said what's up. You know I will. So guaranteed. Right. But thanks, bud. Thanks a lot. Well, that's going to do it from here on uh, the Cherokee Rewind. We thank you so much. Big thanks to Paul Guthrie for hanging out with us here in this episode. Don't forget, you can always find us Cherokee uh, rewind.podbean.com is the official site but you can also go on facebook the cherokee always put this podcast up they share it through their facebook page i share it through mine so it's always there and it's always available for you to uh, listen to to all the other podcasts that we've done so far and again we'll, we again we thank you for hanging out with us and we'll talk to you again next time you've been listening to cherokee rewind